0: My name's Patrick McGinnis, and I'll admit it, I have FOMO. And since you're here, I'm going to bet that you do too. But that doesn't have to be a bad thing. If you learn to channel your FOMO productively, you can make the most of every opportunity while keeping your sanity in the process. This is FOMO Sapiens After Hours, the snackable show about how you can make FOMO a force for good. Welcome back to another episode of FOMO Sapiens After Hours. And today we're going to talk a little bit more about our conversation last week with Ben Nemton about figuring out what's on your bucket list and then going out and doing some of those things. And as I was talking to Ben last week, you might remember that we issued a bit of a challenge. That would be that all of you who want to can go to Instagram and post your bucket list and then tag both of us. I'm going to put my bucket list as well. Now, I wanna talk about bucket list because I actually did something off of my bucket list. I crossed something off in the summer of 2019. And I have to tell you, all during the pandemic, I have just thought to myself how thankful I am that I did this thing because it was something that I so enjoyed. And even when things looked really terrible and depressing, which has been a lot of our lives these days, I would think back to this experience and just feel thankful that I did it. Let me tell you what I did. Many years ago, I read this fantastic book called The Great Game by Peter Hopkirk. If you haven't read The Great Game, it's basically the story of how, for about 200 years, from about uh, 1700 to about 19. 19- uh, 17, when the Bolsheviks took over in Russia, there was this sort of crazy proxy war slash conflict slash whatever you want between the Soviet Union and the UK, England, over control of Central Asia because that was seen as basically the way to control access to India, which was seen as a place of incredible riches, and of course it is. And so they were fighting all the time over who would have control over Central Asia. And back then, Central Asia was a lot different than today. It wasn't countries. It was these ununified city-states with Khans and just the crazy, amazing, historically fascinating places. And this was on the Silk Road, so there were all these travelers. And I just read this book, and it was, it was fantastic because it would tell these stories of these British travelers who would they would dress up in disguises. They would dress up as a Cossack or a traitor, and then they would infiltrate some town, and then the Khan would find out they were there and throw them in jail. And I just loved it. And as I read that book, there was a City in the book that was talked about called Merv. And I'd never heard of Merv, but what I found out as I read the book was that at one point, in about the year 1200, Merv was one of the biggest cities in the world. They had more than 500,000 people living there. It was considered to be like this total center of commerce. It was one of the most developed intellectual spaces on the planet. If you were on the Silk Road and you were some sort of trader, you would find your way to Merv and you'd be psyched to be there because it was the best place to be at the time. It was a place where you just want to hang out because it was the center of learning of the world. All the cool people were hanging out in Merv. Now, What happened to Merv? Well, it's not a good ending for Merv because basically in the year 1221, good old Genghis Khan decided that he wanted to take over Merv. They were having some fights between the Mongols and and the empire that controlled Merv. And let's just say that the Mongols, they knew what they were doing. This was their business. So they attacked Merv and basically killed off everybody. Between the people who lived there and people who had fled to the city from some of the outlying areas uh, that had also been attacked by the Mongols, they say that some 700,000 people were killed. And this was, like, in a couple of days. So it was a bloodbath. Not a good situation, obviously. And Merv sort of never recovered. And, in fact, now it's abandoned. And it's in present-day Turkmenistan. And because the the Russians, uh, you know, in the USSR was very closed off, Turkmenistan was a uh, place that was already sort of isolated and it's hard to get to. And then after independence, Turkmenistan is famously one of the most isolated countries in the world. And if we remember last year, I talked about the fact that when I went to Turkmenistan, it was like the one place on earth I had been to that didn't have FOMO because there's no cell phones and there's no connectivity and no social media. It's completely banned. So Turkmenistan is really hard to get into. And <laughs> I had a real <laughs> devil of a time getting a visa, but I did manage to get it and I went to Merv and... I'll tell you, it was it was an amazing experience because you have this mud-walled city that has just been abandoned for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, and it is completely there. And you can climb on the mud walls and you find pottery from the year 1200. So it's mind-blowing. You got to Google it. Check it out. There's videos online. But this experience doing this, and it was not easy to get there, by the way, it was so incredibly meaningful to me. And so I just look back on that and I, and I think about the elements that made it so special and I wanted to share, I guess my tips for doing something off your bucket list. You don't got to go to Merv, by the way. If you want to go, I will help you and I will explain to you how to do it because everybody should try to go if they're interested. But you don't have to go to Merv to do something really, really cool. Tudo bem, meus queridos sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese, and as you know, I love speaking foreign languages. But I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel putting together your bucket list first of all try to pick something epic epic can be in your backyard but something that is out of your comfort zone something that you will really remember in the future when you're you know old and gray and and maybe you know infirm you will think back and you will say I'm really glad I did that now that is different for everybody maybe it's jumping out of a plane I haven't done that yet. So maybe I'll do that someday. It could be a trip. It could be some sort of experience, but find something epic that you have always wanted to do and don't rush into it. Think about some things. I gestated this idea about Merv over about seven or eight years. So epicness is important. That's number one. Number two, recruit some people to go with you. So one of the cool things about Merv was that the book that I read, The Great Game, well, one of my really good friends read it as well. And then we got another good friend to read it. And so all of us had read the book and we were all in on Merv and we were able to go and we were all really committed to making this journey, which was not an easy one, uh, it required us to fly to Turkmenistan and get a visa, which is really hard. Fly to another city at like six in the morning. It was a whole situation. And so having other people there who were as committed and into it and understood why it was important, um, not only is it great while you're there and planning, but also you can look back on it with them. And, and I, I just had conversations with these two friends. And it's sort of like, Merv, like I can't believe we did it. That is so great. And so having other people who are also passionate about your goal. And by the way, you may convince them. Maybe they didn't even know about the place. That you wanted to go, or the thing you wanted to do, but get them involved, co opt them, and then you will have people to share this wonderful experience with. Number three, get the props. What I mean by this is (laughs) with Merv, we kind of got some cool uh, like headgear, like Lawrence of Arabia. I had a spyglass for the photos. So we just kind of had some fun props to make the experience. Not cheesy, I would say not cheesy, but just a little a little fun um, because number four, you want to you to keep a record of it. And whether that's photos or whether you write about it, um, whether you post to social media, you want to make sure that when you want to look back at this experience, you have something that you can look at. And so I took a gazillion photos in Merv posing everywhere all over the walls in all of the areas and um I even had a new camera that I bought for it and so having uh those <laughs> those ridiculous props and all those photos it just makes it really fun to go look uh, back at those at those memories and you know revisit that epic experience number five take the time to savor it so what's really funny about Merv is nobody visits Merv because it's so hard to go to Turkmenistan it's just hard to get there it's like It's in the middle of nowhere. And so um, (laughs) when we got there, we had a a tour guide, a driver who didn't speak much English. And um, he dropped us off and there was nobody there. And it's a massive, massive, massive area. It's probably like the size of New York City. And... um, and and so we were just kind of taking our time and seeing everything. We had read books on it. We had a guidebook. We were doing everything. And our guide, I think, thought we were going to be there for about 45 minutes. And we ended up being there from about 9 a.m. till about 5 p.m. So we were there the whole day and it was really hot. Got a terrible sunburn that day. But I really appreciated the fact that we took time to savor it. So in whatever you decide to do, especially if it involves travel, see if you can set aside time to really make the most of that experience. Don't feel rushed. You want to you know you've you've been waiting for this you've been waiting to do this you've you've spent your time and money and energy so go ahead and savor it and then finally souvenirs i am not the guy who buys cheap souvenirs. Um, You know, I I don't, it's not that I'm buying super fancy things, but I I don't like trinkets so much. And frankly, at Merv, it's not easy to get stuff because it's Merv. Nobody goes there. Uh, I did get a magnet that actually I kind of enjoy, but I will say the one thing that I brought back, which made me really happy was some of the mud from the walls. And so I have that now displayed and having something like that tangible of what you did that you can always look back at it's funny. I just pick it up once in a while. I just look at it and I think, well, this is really kind of amazing. It's from a thousand years ago and it's from this place that's so special to me. And so those are my six tips. Reminder, pick something epic, recruit people to share it with you, make sure to get some props, record it, take time to savor it and make sure that you bring back something nice for yourself that you will enjoy. Do those things. And when you check something off your bucket list, it'll feel amazing. All right. Those are my tips. I'm sure some of you have checked some cool things off your bucket list. So let me know what you think. You can reach me at let's connect to You can find me on social media at Patrick J. McGinnis on Instagram and at PJ McGinnis on Twitter. I love hearing from people. And as you know, I love sharing some of the things that I learned from you on these episodes of the show. So have a great week. Fill out that bucket list and see you next time. FOMO. Want more of FOMO Sapiens and After Hours? Head over to FOMOSapiens.com where you can listen to past episodes, learn more about the show, and find out how to advertise. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis and on Twitter at McGinnis.